0: If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting
1: advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punch List MMA podcast. I'm co-host Dale Lippin in here with the quarantine
2: kid himself, the six inch six shooter Trey Buskirk. What's going on, man? I am definitely not the uh, blueprint for quarantine, man. I am going stir crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's I, I'm so fragile right now. It's unbelievable. With what now two weeks, no jiu jitsu, no going to the supermarket. I mean, we're taking it legitly serious, and. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm dying. I'm dying.
1: Yeah, I bet they just issued the, the, uh, the, I don't know, you call it, mandate, whatever it is, ordinance here today about all non essential businesses having to close down. So I'm not where you're at yet, but I'm not far away.
2: You know, what's really sad is I was thinking about it, for, especially for like my jiu-jitsu gym or any type of small business. You know, they are putting those like small business loans out there. Um, and actually, there is a clause in there that could be, you know, fully forgiven uh, to accommodate for payroll or whatever it is. But right. at the end of the day, you have to look at all the small businesses, whether it's the corner pizza shop to the small jiu-jitsu gyms and the amount of support that you want to have for these brick and mortars or whatever it is. Dude, they're just going to get decimated. This has got another extension. You know, for another 30 days. Right. And, you know, that's just a placeholder. Who knows? We could see this extend up into June. And then we talk about the rebound that happens during flu season, you know, into fall, September, October. I just don't see an end in sight. And it's really, really sad, especially that we've just spiked significantly. One hundred and sixty thousand confirmed cases. Right. I mean, we're well on our way.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I, mean, I it's, it's weird. It's like Stockholm Center. I'm getting the sniffles just talking about it. I was not <laughs> sniffling prior to us hitting record. I don't know why I'm son, suddenly getting the sniffles now. But, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. That's We talked about this a couple episodes back with these mid-level businesses and small-level businesses. This is going to be really hard for the economy. It's going to be like a bunch of people fishing from the same pond once everything opens up because all that will survive is the big box you know, chain stores. So it's really unsettling in that regard. Um, I think it makes it all the more important to find ways to support, you know, local and small businesses now while you can. Uh, and it's weird because if you take that and you mold it with what you were talking about, going to the supermarket, stay classy meat sort of does that nice in between thing where you can order and you know what you're getting right through your computer and it gets delivered directly to your door, and it's a small American-owned business, so you can kind of you know kill two birds with one stone on there.
2: Yeah, speaking of which actually last night I made some skirt steak,
1: dice
2: yeah. that up, utilize it on my trigger, dice that bad boy up, put in some tacos. Whew, it was good. What I did not pair it with though is what you're doing right now and hence why you have the sniffles, Corona. Why would you corona. have a Corona beer at this, They're on at this sale. time and stage? Well, of course they are.
1: That's what sale. started it.
2: It was that and bats. <laughs> Those are the two right that was the onset.
1: Right. And you know, my local store is all out of bats so i just have to <laughs> yeah. have to lean into the corona the corona man no it's on sale and it's the last couple i mean i know you're you know socal so the weather is always nice there but um you know the last 3 days here it's been high 80s low 90s man it's been amazing
2: cool. yeah so
1: when the sun's out the corona's out it just it's the way it has to be
2: <laughs> well i'd like to cool off a little bit given the amount of craziness that's been happening in the mixed martial arts world specifically obviously the ufc in concern to ufc 249 but where do you want to start i feel like there's not really a good starting point it's just been a hodgepodge of just absolutely i mean craziness
1: yeah everything's been bouncing all around um i I think the tony the you know the tony khabib fights the best place to start because that's where everybody's sort of set up shop at i mean is you know dana white double down today will double down Dana and said, this fight will happen. So my question is with Khabib landlocked in Russia and Tony Ferguson, believably stateside, how, how does he make that happen?
2: You know, the odds were out early as to where we thought the location was going to be. And a lot of it was, uh, indicative and, uh, in line with the reasoning as to why Khabib stuck in Russia right now. He leaves AKA, he flies over to uh, the United Emirates uh, thinking, you know, what he was told, 99.9 percent, it was going to be in Abu Dhabi. Right. He ends up hearing that they're going to close down borders. He bails back to Dagestan to be with his family. And in that time, Russia shuts down. And he's stuck in quarantine. Now, a lot of casuals out there are saying, you knew Tony was in L.A. You needed to be in L.A. The fight was going to be in the States. Right. Right. You know, to his knowledge, it was happening in Abu Dhabi and why not limit the amount of travel time, be there, get on the sure. sleep schedule. It's the biggest fight of his life. It's the biggest fight in UFC history to, you know, arguably. Right. And, uh, you know, now we're here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I can understand Khabib's point of view, um, you know, and t- to your point, getting there early, getting acclimated to the heat that, you know, that, the, the time everything and Khabib's got a little bit more of an insight to that having fought Poirier in mm. it, you know, over there. So he has a little bit more insight as to stuff like the heat, the food, the sleep schedule, accommodations, all that stuff. So if you look at what he did, he sort of tried to pull like that veteran move, you know, take advantage of the guy that doesn't know any better and get yeah. over there and get acclimated. So I understand The logic of if you think that's probably where it's going to be getting yourself relatively close Um, But I also understand that the casual point of view too, going, you know You should probably have just stayed put until you were given your actual location
2: Yeah, so the three locations obviously they were out there were Abu Dhabi a lot of people thought Florida because Bellator had had a fight There the week prior and you know their sanctions are a little bit more lax and then obviously the apex center rounding in third position So, you know, given what was relayed to Khabib's camp, completely, you know, from our perspective, justifiable as to why he's in Russia right now. Right. The question is, like you said, Dana White is holding on to the last second to say, hey, no, this fight's still going forward. Yet, we have been told by various media outlets that Justin Gaethje is on on tap right now.
1: Yeah, he's definitely on deck. I mean you know nobody's obviously seen the bout agreement but you have multiple media outlets like you said you know confirming or reporting rather that Gagey's actually been offered a fight um now that could be a placeholder fight saying you know do you agree to be on standby in the event you know things kick off or it could be it could be an actual bout agreement and dana white's selling us wolf tickets to the last possible second to try to get people you know to to buy into this um whether it's through like an exclusive pre-sale or something like that, you never know. try to get those buys up prior to, but I I think that I think outside the country is the right play. Um, You know, going someplace where there's, where there isn't like where the virus isn't yet, I feel is irresponsible, Mm -hmm. but going to a place where it's more managed already someplace like Iceland um, or anything in the Eastern block of Europe, I think is a, is a, reasonable expectation.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, there's just so much to talk about this. Um, Dana white. One thing I think that, you know, I don't, I don't want to bash the guy. Um, I do think he's one of the greatest promoters of all time, but I do think he's an egomaniac and many people sure. know that if he puts something out like this fight needs to go forward, he's going to do everything he can. He will kill pillage. He'll do <laughs> everything he can to make sure this happens. Right. And, and, the, the issue is Dana White is not, you know, putting the economy and these fights together. Do you think at this time, even if it was this grandiose card that's going to be put together, do you think people that are being laid off right now that are sick, that have family members that are in dire situations are going to pay 79, 9, 79.99 for a pay-per-view?
1: No, I, I don't. Uh, I, and I think that'll be taken into consideration. Uh, mostly so if the Khabib Ferguson fight actually falls off if he's able to make that fight happen i would anticipate it staying at the 79.99
2: mhm yeah and i think you know a lot of people hope that that you know happens that it's the most stacked card of ever but in my mind it makes more like fiscal sense why don't you guys put that onto a fight night card boost up the advertisements because from every sports facet that's out there no one has sports running so the eyes are going to be glued you know you have the multi-million dollar corporations that want to get their brand out there in the times where they're laying off people sales are down it makes a lot of sense and you know it would be kind of an ode to the public hey like hey we know that this is a not a time we should be focusing on sports. We should be focusing on the humanity. This right. is something to help kind of lift the spirits and progress. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's a real possibility.
1: Um, and I mean, that's a good point, you know, as to why they should do that. Um, they sort of did a reverse of that, or at least without the the, the social uh, justifications on it, with the Cain Velasquez junior dos santos the first time they fought remember that was the first card that was ever put on fox so they made it this huge thing they put a heavyweight title fight on a fox card um you know to try to boost their their standings with fox however you know to your point they there is a precedent for taking a huge card and putting it on a fox or an espn or something like that to make a gigantic event out of it
2: yeah and then we just have to obviously abide by the casuals and maybe just say this fight's curse and it's never supposed to happen. Maybe this is the Boston Red Sox of 10 right. years ago. This, I mean, it, you know, you've seen the statements. You know, this first fight that was supposed to happen at that time, Israel Adesanya wasn't even in the UFC. Conor McGregor was a featherweight. Kamara Usman and Colby Covington were on the prelims. Mike Goldberg was a UFC commentator. There was so much. Right, it's, it's it's absolutely bonkers, and this fifth time, it doesn't look like it's going to happen.
1: It it really doesn't, man. Now let me ask you this: if if the fight proceeds forward, let's say that you know the MMA gods align and stop laughing at us and, and they gift us with this fight, who do you think is more affected by what's going on right now, Tony or Khabib?
2: Tony. Tony's in a in a total predicament right now, and this is one you know we put up on our polls as well. It's this is a everything to lose for Tony. It's not for Khabib at all. Khabib, you know, he has Ramadan. He has something that he you know has not utilized an excuse. It's it's part of his religion. Something that he has blockaded, you know, which is just shifting time frame for the past you know eight years. The question is. Tony, does he want to jump into something like a Justin Gaethje just to further prove that he deserves this shot or just to maybe, you know, he's put in the training? Or does he sit back and wait for something that's just been elusive and something that, you know, per the curse, might never ever come to fruition? Yeah. Khabib's in, Khabib's in the captain's chair right now. He can kind of just sit, do his thing. They're not going to strip him of his title. Right. Worst case, he comes back and Ramadan ends, um, I believe, on the 28th of uh, April. Right. I uh, mean, I'm sorry, of March. Yeah, March, April, or April. Yeah, April. You know, maybe this is uh, international fight week. You know, cap off the biggest card of all
0: time.
1: Yeah, if they're willing to push it that far. Um, No, I think it's a good point. I, I can see how Tony would be more affected. My thing with Khabib though is his diet and religious beliefs are one thing, but the other thing is with him is he seems to be a guy that has requires a lot of time in between fights. Right? He seems to be a guy that, you know, obviously injuries were one thing, but even then when he's healthy, he likes to space his, his fight out. Um, but when you set something up like that, right, it takes a lot of logistics, a lot of planning, a lot of dedication to get yourself ramped up to that point to start training. So I think him having to stay in this prolonged state where he's off of his routine, he's off of his expectation, you know, he's out of his comfort zone. I think the longer that this can stretch, I think it's actually worse for Khabib than it is Tony. Tony seems like a guy that's in shape year-round. Like He can go out there and do whatever it is year-round. So with him, it would probably be fine-tuning and dialing in certain things that they're expecting to see throughout the fight, more so than a full, necessary preparation from A to Z camp, which is why you see Tony doing videos on Instagram like he did where he's tossing that wrestling mat around and he's throwing a baseball. He sort of has it at this point. You know what I mean? He's not really adding too much camp to camp. I I don't think,
2: you know, and you bring up a good point. I think this is kind of, if you look at the whole card, holistically every fighter's somewhat um, in line with Khabib in that facet. I mean, they're looking at it like, you know, no one knows when's the right time to cut. Are they going right. to go through a gruesome camp to get their weight down and, and make it in line? Or are they going to kind of just coast? No one's like a Tony that keeps it at that cadence for that long. Right. So, yeah, you know, Khabib struggled way before. I mean, I think it was the third fight um, that was put on uh, three of their, you know, this is the fifth. The third fight, he did not make weight. The whole tiramisu right. scandal. Um, yeah. It it, it, could, it could be tough for him for sure. So, you know, who knows? Maybe this thing was, it's such in limbo. The thought of really diving in and cutting that extra 15 pounds was just daunting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move away from this. We've had other news that broke today too. John Jones Mm -hmm. pled guilty to the DWI charge. Um, and with a plea agreement, which in my opinion is one of the worst things that the justice system offers as a plea (laughs) deal. Um, John Jones is getting off with one year probation and four days of house arrest when everybody's quarantined anyway.
2: Well, you're uh, you're missing probably the biggest thing was the five hundred dollar fine.
1: Oh, that's right. You know what? <laughs> I did see the five hundred dollar fine. You're right. You're right. Yep.
2: Yeah. So five hundred dollar wow. fine. <laughs> How is he going to afford that? Um, you know, initial reactions to that. Everyone's saying they feel sad, Um, you know, when you watch him in that really vulnerable state where he just seems like a child that he tries to conform with that Uh he wanted to be a policeman that, um, you know, let me back up for a second. I've never had a DUI. Um, I've definitely done some dumb things in my life. Mm -hmm. But I was nervous watching that just in the fact of what, you know, when you go through a DUI check, what the, the proper protocol is. Dude, I honestly don't think I could pass that right now. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> With the amount I mean, of stress
2: and anxiety, oh my gosh, it was tough. But right. I think that a lot of people got an inside or a uh, cage side view, if you will, of yeah. whether that's his anxiety, um, you know, his possible CTE. There's a bunch of different pieces in there. I know you're rolling your eyes right now, but it's all for discussion because (laughs) you definitely relate it. Whether that was a a cry for help or that was a, you know, a true transparent look at what his life is. That's what we saw in that video.
1: You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's funny that we may have reached the point with John Jones where everybody's so tired of being mad at him that they just accept his poor behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, initially it was tolerated, you know, when he got his first DUI and there was, you know, the drug use or whatever, it was tolerated. They're like, Oh, he's a wild child, you know? And then there's the steroids thing, the second DUI, the, the hit and run, you know, the, or DUI and hit and run. When, and everybody goes, okay, now, now, you know, we want his head on a stake. The, the, you know, I'm, me included. I was one of, I am a, you know, uh, an active John Jones hater because I can't stand the irresponsibility that he displays. Um, mm-hmm. But, before I get on that tangent, you know, everybody wanted to see his head on a stake. And then now with this third offense, there's like this, oh, John, John's just trying to be a good guy. You know, he's just made a mistake. And there's like this narrative shift where he is now transitioned into, uh, this positive light, if you will, where people want to help save John Jones. Like, but I don't think he's ever actually grown up. I think he's still, immature and childish. I really don't think it's a cry for help, my opinion.
2: No, and rightly so given what's going on in our country right now, this isn't like, you know, the whole world's been going on like hunky dory and he just decided to get a little drunk off Jorge Mouseball's tequila, by the way. Um, Mezcal. 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 Yeah. Mezcal. I
1: don't know. I don't drink it.
2: Smoky tequila. Um, (laughs) Uh but uh no, and then fires off a couple, you know, shots of the gun, which is still, to, you know, to be determined. If that <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, no, you you, look at all this, and you're just like, gosh, man, you know, the casuals, again, I keep, and I'm sorry, I'm just bashing casuals, but there's you're, so much. You're like, a casual, casual are, hater today. A casual hater. This is all, you know, grade A material for casuals to jump all over. Um, the casuals will, will say, why didn't you pay $50,000 for you know, you to have a driver, someone that can right. kind of babysit you. And I will say this: every entourage has to have good apples. Your entourage, you're only as good as your entourage when you get to that level of yeah. of success. Who you right. surround yourselves with, what type of values they have, what type of path they want you to kind of move on. Right. He, the funny thing is, he wasn't with an entourage. He yeah. got stir crazy in the middle of a quarantine when his wife, and his daughter is sleeping at home, and said, "You know what?" fuck it. I'm just going to get wasted and go shoot some guns up into the sky. That just shows his immaturity and why he doesn't need help. It's just who he is. He
1: just needs to grow up. But, you know, I, I push back a little bit on the casual sense of people saying you should have a handler. You know, Chael Sonnen has said for years that John Jones needs a guy in his ear. He needs a handler. He needs a driver. He needs a person that's standing there whispering to him, you know, well, like Greg Jackson did whenever, uh, I forget, what fight was it when John Jones, I think it was when he choked out Machida, um, and he was running around, and Greg Jackson runs up to him, and he goes, go go, make some fans, go make some fans, because, <laughs> jo- because you know, he was being a dick at that time, yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. like, you know, telling him, you know, sort of go be- correct his behavior. I think <laughs> what John has done on the surface seems very smart, but I think it might be really, uh, might be harmful for him. It appears that John Jones, going back to your entourage statement, he doesn't seem to hang out with an entourage anymore. Remember, he said that he got rid of that. He just focuses on his family and his coaches. Well, the problem with that is those coaches have families, and they can't be around John all the time. He should probably actually have one or two guys in an entourage situation, if you will, there to sort of tell him, you know, this is a bad idea, or, you know, we shouldn't go in there, or whatever the case may be.
2: Yeah. No, Absolutely. Uh, So what does the UFC do going forward?
1: You know, realistically, you know, John's an independent contractor in the sense of him being a fighter. Um, He did something. He received his punishment from, you know, the state of Arizona or New Mexico, rather. And um, it's on him to, to continue to abide by that what he did didn't really affect any sort of athletic commission or competition. So I don't think the UFC or the athletic commission should really do anything about it at all.
2: So you don't think there's going to be a stripping of a belt. Uh, there's not going to be a Tiago Santos, you know, versus Dominic Reyes type, uh, you know, interim belt or, you know, Jan uh, Blokovich is, you know, in the running as well. So do you don't think that trio is going to kind of usurp that is John Jones?
1: I don't think what he, and this, again, I'm a John Jones hater, I don't think what he's done deserves him losing the belt. It's not affecting his ability to fight, and it's not affecting his ability to bring in revenue to his company. So why would his company punish him? True, true. Because it's, it's already handled. He pled guilty, he's got a year of probation, and four days of house arrest. He wasn't going to fight, he doesn't even have a fight on the books right now. So the next four days, because, you know, they're so he's off house arrest, Monday, they're going to come cut the bracelet off of him. Yeah. And that, you know, so what, what, what has he done to affect the UFC outside of bringing in negative press? You can't strip a guy for negative press.
2: No, you can't. And, you know, obviously he had to put out a formalized statement. His statement was, I want to express how truly disappointed I am that I have become the source of negative headline again, especially during these trying times. I accept full responsibility for my actions, and I know that I have some personal work to do, which involves the unhealthy relationship I have with alcohol.
1: Yeah. Wait, did I see something he has to go to an inpatient treatment program?
2: He does, yeah. How Uh, long is that? It looks like... um, so, under the terms of the deal, jo- Jones will face four days of house arrest, one year supervised probation, ninety days of outpatient therapy, and will be fined the big five hundred dollars. Yeah. So, so as to uh, avoid
1: jail. Yeah. So, outpatient therapy is just him going to talk to somebody. Is yeah. what that is. That, that's not him. Act- so, again, further strengthening the point, what he's doing does not as affect does not affect his ability to fight. They're not going to strip him.
2: No. No. So to kind of keep continuing with the momentum of John Jones. Yeah. You know, there was a whole scurry of different people saying, Oh, here comes the interim belt. You know, this is going to be Dominic Reyes, Tiago Santos. It should go to the two guys that quote unquote beat him, you know, to some right. people's degree, or should it go to uh yawn who's never fought him, uh, but is on this crazy win streak knockouts all day long. Who do you truly see next for John Jones going forward? I think it
1: has to be on, um. Obviously, the Dom Reyes people are pining for because they think Dom Reyes won, but I don't. I don't think you know that that was a very low low hype fight to begin with. People were not clamoring to see John fight Dom Reyes. And while it went down as a very good fight and, and you know a controversial fight at that, I don't think that selling it as a rematch is going to do it any favors either. I think it might just do a slightly more buys than what it did before. I think your best bet would be to take Jan, Jan versus John um, mm-hmm. or John versus Jan and then double it up with another title fight and then do the pay, do a pay-per-view like that uh, yeah. and try to bring in a little bit of extra heat because obviously, you know, John versus Jan Blahovitz is not really setting the world on fire either. But I think, I think that's an easier sell because John beat tiago and because john right. already beat dom reyes it, it's it easier sell to do the new hungry guy right or, you know that new to the division anyway or new to the the ranking
2: right now. Anyway, yeah so i want to transition back to ufc 249 right now because Uh-oh. you know our Uh-oh. platform is primarily based on betting um sure. we have been able to utilize our talents over the past couple weeks um, and again, what we talked about, we might have a hodgepodge of a you know three-day notice type fighters on UFC 249. But you have some odds on some fighters. Yep. I'm not saying let's dive in, and make our picks, but I'd love to share what those odds are. And also, I'd love to get your your take on if you know Tony says no to Justin, if yep. that's the fight that is being put forth because Khabib's out, stuck in Russia. You know, there are other headlining fights that are lingering out there. There's been a lot of chatter between Kamara Usman. And Jorge Masvidal, both per Daniel Cormier, have committed to a you know verbal fight. You know whether right. that's complete hearsay or whatever it is, both those two said they want to fight. Kamara Usman was actually asking for him to come out on his Instagram live to further validate that. We've also heard the craziness of Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. Do you think there's any, before we get into the depth of what's already in a solidified fight for UFC 249, anything that could be a headliner that could take the place of Khabib and Tony? Well,
1: one of the the things that's really sticking out to me about this is all these guys coming out of the woodwork that's saying they're willing to fight. Um, What's interesting is none of them are saying that they're willing to step in to fight Tony. Right there are all it's all these other outside people uh, that are saying who John
2: Kavanaugh said that.
1: Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. So it's all these outside people that are asked asking to come on and and save the card by by putting a fight between them and somebody else. It's nobody actually coming in to to save it by fighting Tony. Right. Um, but of course, Tony has to agree to that fight, too. I realize there's two sides of that coin. But you have these these different groups vying for attention. And, you know, the big insult that keeps getting thrown out is people are saying the other guy's clout chasing. He's clout chasing by trying, doing this. He doesn't actually want it. I honestly don't think any of them want it because right. the champs have too much to lose. And the challengers lose all their hype if they give in to what the champ wants to do. And then you could squander your shot that you would have a better chance of winning if you had a full camp. So I think everybody realizes this is a lose-lose. I think they're all clout chasing. I don't think Mm -hmm. any of those fights happen. Um, But to answer your question, I think the one that has the best chance of happening would be Masvidal uh, Usman, just based on the fact that I truly believe that Woodley doesn't want to fight Colby, and Colby is nowhere near fight shape right now. So Colby doesn't really want it.
2: I think the funny piece of this whole thing is kind of what I'm calling the Bermuda Triangle. And in the center of that Bermuda Triangle is the manager of three fighters in Kamara Usman, Justin Gaethje, and – wow, I'm blanking right now on the third one Um, – and Khabib. Um, Yeah. The interesting thing is, you know, Ali manages both Khabib and Justin. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for if one fighter is not able to make it, you throw in Justin and then also create a little bit more rise with a third fighter under your management that is Kamara Usman. So Ali, like you said, that maybe this clout chasing is all narrative that's being progressed and pushed forward by Ali, who's known to tweet on behalf of his clients. He's yeah. known to make absurd, je- obscene gestures to just like get you know more notoriety towards those fighters. I think this whole thing could be pushed by him. I don't like. I I completely agree with you in the fact that I don't see any validity with any of these fights going forward, except possibly the Justin and Tony fight.
1: Yeah, I think it's Justin Tony or the card gets scrapped. Um, I, I really, uh, you know, it's it's either going to be Tony Khabib, it's going to be Tony versus Justin. Or they're going to make it a they're going to make it a free ESPN card headliner will be, you know, the co-main event and move it on down. Um, I, I, I really don't see any of these guys that are saying that they want to step in and fight somebody else. Both both parties agreeing to that at this point. They, everybody's got too much to lose. I just don't see it. Um, wh- what I think is strange though is that we're really only seeing Justin entertained as a possible step in to fight Tony. There's no other lightweight out there with any heat behind them to even realistically throw their name out there and say, well, what about me? Because (laughs) Tony's beaten them already.
2: Yeah. You did say, though, there were some odds uh, for those that wanted to do like a prop bet, so to speak, against uh, whether it was Justin or someone else to step in against Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get these pulled up. So we'll run through that and possibly the uh, the card itself and show where the lines currently sit for those that are kind of sitting, cutting weight, and getting ready for this undisclosed location for UFC 249.
1: Yeah. All right, so some of these uh, the odds are based on who will Tony Ferguson fight at UFC 249. Um, front runner is Justin Gaethje at minus 175, followed by uh, Connor at plus 800. He's the furthest uh, out there. Then Donald Cerrone at plus seven hundred. You know, Cowboy has said that he's willing to step in, um, but doesn't he? He didn't really specify for what side he was willing to <laughs> to step in for. Um, I could yeah. see him wanting to run it back against Tony,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: but you know because that fight was getting good, and you know obviously before the nose blow and the eye blow up, um, yep. You you know Cowboy doesn't want to go in there and fight Khabib. That would just be. <laughs> Yeah. so i think it's funny that he said he's willing to step in but he didn't say for what fight or for <laughs> yeah. who um all right and then all these guys are at plus 650 otman azatar islam makachev Kamal worthy and alexander hernandez all sitting at plus 650 so obviously you know bovada is taking this approach that whoever fills in uh, outside of justin gaethje is already going to be on the card which again further solidifies there's There's nobody else out there chirping that wants, wants to fight Tony or Khabib.
2: I find it funny fighters that have tough matchups against themselves. Like for instance, Islam Makhachev, against Alex Hernandez while the line, um, which you you overlay in a second here, I know, you know, we looked at it, it's fairly distant. So, for someone that, you know, obviously feels like he's in a comfortable position to jump up to take on a fight like Tony, um, that's a tall task. Especially when he has one a tall task in front of him, which, you know, obviously the lines aren't there.
1: Yeah. So, Islam Makhachev is a minus 450 right now over Alexander Hernandez, a plus 325. Honest. And I think that line is completely wrong. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it should be inversed, uh, but I definitely think it should be closer to like a plus 180 minus 150 situation. Uh, with Hernandez being at a plus 180. I think plus 325 is an amazing price on a fighter. of His quality, um, I'll say this, we don't want to make plays right now, but if Alexander Hernandez drops any lower than plus 325, I'm going to hurry up and throw throw a decent stack on it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one stack that I want to know where it's going to lay for you is the Kutalaba fight.
1: I'm going Kutzalaba this time, man. I, lo- I love the idea of him getting a, a second run back at this Ankalov uh, guy. You know, Ankalov was able to be successful doing something that took everybody's surprise, including Kutzalaba when he landed the two head kicks. Um, we've never seen him really do that before. And all of a sudden he came out with this new weapon and Kutzalaba wasn't ready for it. Well, rest assured, he's going to be ready for it now. Um, yeah. And, you know, Ankolov's going to have to rely on his wrestling now. He's not going to want to stand there and, and bang with Kutalaba after feeling the power the first time. Uh, so he's going to be shooting for takedowns, which I think, you know, if you get into a strength battle with Iwan Kutalaba, you're going to lose. The guy's called <laughs> the Hulk for a reason. So I think at plus 200, sitting on Ankalov minus 260, I love Kutalaba in the rematch, dude. I love him.
2: Outside of those two fights, I thought the lines looked fairly conservative. Um, they made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the Rose Jessica Andraj fight, you know, many people would say that, well, you know, Jessica Andraj, you know, dropped on her head, you know, won that first fight. But I think that uh, Vegas has those odds correct right now. Um and I believe what was that rose at minus two hundred right now?
1: Rose minus two ten and Jessica Andrage plus one seventy, yeah.
2: Yeah, I really like that fight for Rose. She was winning that fight, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, this is her fight to get back in the picture, um, get something against um, you know one of the greatest two are the two fighters that we just seen in that division. Uh, just or Yuanajin um, Chechek, you know maybe she needs a, you know a boost to get back to that uh, run it back fight. Right. Um, and Wei Zhang obviously sitting atop that division.
1: Yeah, I don't want to see Rose fight Wei though. Um not after, after, seeing, after seeing what Wehle is capable of, in particular mm-hmm. with the fight with with Joanna, with I don't necessarily know that I love that fight for Rose. I don't know if Rose has the grit for a fight like that. Right. Um, I don't know if, if Rose has the ugly for a fight like that. You know what I mean? Right. That, that scares me um, if we get to that point. But she's got a stiff test in Jessica Andrade in front of her at plus 170. And yes... Rose was winning that fight, but it wasn't like Andrade was fading at all. She, you know, she caught Rose doing what she always does. She walks forward no matter what fast in pace. You have to separate her from consciousness to keep her, to stop her. Yeah. Um, And not not to mention, don't forget Rose got dropped on her head by this girl last time. That has not left her psyche. Rose, as we know, has a lot going on up here. Sometimes she's going to go back in, try to avenge a loss against a person that damn near crippled her the last time they fought
2: Yep. yeah so andraja plus 170 is nothing to sleep at that's a good line anything else on the card that kind of sticks out of you again this is not an episode where we're yeah. going to give definitive picks but anything that's worth kind of doing research on in the next week or so kind of keep your eye on just like you said alex hernandez if he drops any further jump all over that but anything else that kind of is a a big big point for you
1: yeah, I mean, I'm trying to stay away from women's MMA, but I think we have something here with the Sajira Eubanks-Sarah Morice fight. Morice has nothing but submission wins inside the UFC. Um, her her cardio is not amazing, um, which Sajira Eubanks does have good cardio. However, Eubanks is a very fundamental wrestler. She charges neck first, head first, arm first into every takedown that she gets. If Morice can get her to the ground... Um, or take advantage of like a sloppy single leg or double, I think Morice is a sneaky submission threat at plus 250 there.
2: I like it. I like it. So there was a lot, obviously, that we uncovered um, with, you know, coronavirus going on, UFC 249, um, you know, <clears throat> obviously the John Jones mishaps, um, what is going to happen over the next couple of days? It was funny when we originally talked about doing this episode, I said, Dale, watch what's going to happen. We are going to record this on a Tuesday night on Wednesday. They will release what that location will be. Yeah. They'll have solidified matchups and so forth. I don't think it's going to come to that. I honestly think Dana white is sweating bullets right now. His back is against a wall. I don't think we're going to get information until about a week and a half out. And I know that sounds bonkers, but you know, we've seen fighters come in, you know, on, way less than a week a week's notice to jump in i think that they have no idea where this is going down things are shifting daily from a government perspective even trump saying right now you know what could be that 30 day you know that's in regards to not going back to work and you know trying to you know do social distancing that's not a true shutdown of the government we have no idea what's going to happen over the next you know 15 20 30 days yeah and I think that again, this is an an ego move on Dana Dana White to make it happen. I think he will make it happen, but I don't think we'll know anything the next week. Do you disagree with that?
1: No, I, I honestly, I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think Dana's selling wolf tickets, and he's going to keep people on the hook with this as long as he possibly can. If he announces right now that that fight's not going to happen, and they're going to move this thing to ESPN for free and have Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Cater be the main event. He is going to have to eat shit and answer <laughs> questions for the next three weeks on why and how and why didn't you do something sooner? He does not want that. If he, the sooner and, and the closer he can drag this out to the next thing that's going to, you know, move the news cycle forward, that's what he's looking to do.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully they start to come to some semblance of what's going to go down. Um, I know that's all indicative for what's going to happen with uh, how this virus. Uh, continues or subsides right. i'm bummed because the may 16th card for ufc san diego was starting to put be put together yeah. very nicely there was a quick chatter um that uh cory sandhagen was going to be fighting aljermaine sterling aljermaine sterling that would be a great ad um You know, obviously, they talked about Dominic Cruz being in his backyard coming to UFC San Diego. There's just so much that, you know, San Diego is a massive MMA community. We have gyms that just span across the whole city, those that have really, really awesome fighters and a great crowd that understands what the sport's about and what they want to see. So the fighters on there, it's a true fans, it's a true fighters fight. That's what it is. Like you're going to be fighters in front of fight fans. Yeah. Not casuals. That's what's up. But you know, it seems like everything's unraveling a little bit. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But I am bummed because I had my I had my my phone my alarm set for this past Wednesday at ten a.m. Pacific time to buy the tickets and right. <laughs> but nope, we're just yeah. still you know sitting waiting wishing.
1: I think uh, I want to throw this out there as possible location: South Dakota, low cases of coronavirus, and plenty of casinos and. Native American reservations. I'm just being on. I mean, that's that. It's if you're if you're looking at environmental impact, if you take, if if everybody's already stateside anyway, and you take those people and you just move them to a place that has low numbers anyway, you're not really throwing people into the fire. If you would, if you say, oh yeah, we're going to keep doing this thing in Brooklyn, right? Like New right. York's getting ravaged right now, so taking everybody to Brooklyn is irresponsible. Right. But if you go to it, if you go to an area where there aren't any cases, if there's low numbers. It's less chance of you bringing it, and less chance of actually getting it while you're there. So, a place like South Dakota, that has nationwide low numbers, and has the facilities or capability of facilities to do something like this, I think is a okay. real, real possibility. Sleeper pick, UFC South Dakota, <laughs> UFC I like 249.
2: That. I could throw in uh, UFC Hawaii as well. That's been a place that um, has minimal cases. Granted, the locals do not want any tourists to land on their land dude, right now.
1: If you do UFC two, two anything, three anything in Hawaii, I don't, don't have Max, Max, Holloway. Max Holloway. on the, that <laughs> card, you are. That's no, no. That's that's but the an resurgence. End game. That's
2: a, the resurgence of BJ Penn, dude.
1: I know. It's, I the, know. Time. it's, it's the, the time. It's the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. That's all I got today, dude. I'm just, I'm like, like you said, it's been a whirlwind of news. Um, it's one of those things without fights to focus on. I'm more focused on the news and the more I watch the news, the more it stresses me out.
2: Yeah, I know. That's why, you know, I will say what we need is we, as much as it sounds selfish to fight fans to put this forward, I think a bit of a distraction while we are quarantine is the healthiest thing you can do. Um, You know, granted, I'm not saying it's the healthiest for the fighters. I don't think that the fighters should be actually fighting uh, weakened immune system, cutting weight, all that stuff, you know, putting themselves in positions that's not with their family and not social distancing. But I do think that if we can all enjoy something that we all love so much and kind of distract ourselves from the very biased news and media out there that's covering the coronavirus, I think that's that's a really healthy thing. But yeah yeah so I mean, there's it's on both sides, but you know hopefully something comes through um, and uh, we're ready. The good thing is we have done more research than any fight I think we've ever covered yeah. <laughs> I'm ready yeah, no,
1: we' yeah we're I'm spreadsheeted out. I'm analytics <laughs> yeah, out uh, just, yeah I'm, I'm I'm out entirely. Um, yeah, you know one of my favorite phrases when I was a kid, you know whenever you think you're cool, uh, whenever I would leave I'd go I'm out like a boner in sweatpants <laughs> 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 no. That being said, uh, there is a lot of lounging <laughs> around the house taking place because of this quarantine thing. There is yeah. a lot of sweatpants action going on. So oh, if I you do. are a dude that's rocking sweatpants around the house, know that you can, you know, chicks look at that. That's that's the male version of the sundress. So in the event that your old lady sees you rocking them great sweats and decides to pull them bad boys down, you better be practicing the other healthy thing, and that's hygiene. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code PUNCH. <laughs> And get 20% off and free shipping and it completely helps your area, helps your partner. Your, it, it's a win-win situation, man.
2: This is the only time where you do not want to social distance your dick from your balls, everyone. <laughs> you want it to be as close as possible. And the only way to do that is to just trim that thing right. like you know, hole number nine at the Masters. You want yeah. that just looking fine.
1: Yeah. I will say this. So they sent us the lawnmower 3.0, and um, it has a light on it. it has an LED light on, on it. And I just thought that that was excessive, right? Initially, I thought this is so silly. Why would you need a light on this? It's ridiculous. But then the other day, I'm sitting there and I'm going to the bathroom, and I I'm, I look down <laughs> and I notice I got this little outspurt, this cropping, that I didn't, you know, I didn't notice. It's just like a blind spot. Trish. So. I grab, my, I grab my lawnmower, my 3.0, and I fire that bad boy up. And based on the angle that I had to get to, yeah, the light actually illuminated what I needed to see. And I was like, this
2: makes perfect sense that they had it on there. Oh, it I does. Was,
1: I, I thought it was frivolous before, but now I see the use.
2: <laughs> no, it, it definitely has all the bells and whistles and what you might think is uh, a little uh, aggressive um, or a little just uh, bells and whistles. It's not. It's all I, It's all necessary.
1: I understand, man. It's like having an eject button in a car. You don't think you're ever going to need it till you need it. And I, th- it was, we had the light on there, man. And I was like, I can see everything. This is perfect. So, yeah, promo code PUNCH, 20% off and free shipping.
2: Hey, and if this coronavirus gets really bad and people are getting laid off and you can't pay your electrical bill, it'll be hilarious one day when you're having a can of light dinner with your manscape on your <laughs> kitchen table. You
1: know yeah, I. What what I think is going to be really funny is nine months from now, how many kids are going to be born?
2: Uh, you know how yes, many babies are thing. getting
1: made right now? Oh my uh,
2: gosh, it's insane. It's unreal. Sorry. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have a, a a card. Hopefully it's not an infant card. Hopefully it's a massive card that is yeah. UFC two forty nine. Um Until then, Dale, let's keep our picks close to the heart and we're ready to release these pretty pretty soon.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, the the moment we get the finalized press release, you know that says this is the bout order, this is where it's set, this is where it's gonna be, you know that the, the next corresponding episode will have all of our picks on it. But I mean, I think you know we covered three fights tonight that are worth looking at, and maybe next week we'll talk about three more that are worth mm-hmm. looking at um so that way as you know once 249 actually approaches and that card comes together however it may be uh you know we have a real people can see some of the work that we've been doing behind the scenes as far as you know preparing breakdowns
2: absolutely well until next week cheers to you good sir enjoy the rest of your corona not the virus just the beer this thing's been gone it's been gone dude (laughs) Dude, you can't be doing that in quarantine time you gotta (laughs) Gotta reel it in, bro.